1: afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews.
2: Good afternoon and welcome to the Authentic Living show today. We're talking today about an interesting paradigm about our lives, one that really does show us and tell us a little bit more about who we are and what we're doing here. So have you ever listened to your own voice? Have you ever recorded yourself and heard yourself talking, what that sounds like? People tell me I sound like I'm from the South. I don't understand why they say that. I'm kidding. Uh, I do sound like I'm from the South because guess what I am? Uh, and that is that is one of the sounds that my voice makes. There are many others. Um, but voice is not just accent. It's not just language. It's a lot more, and we're going to be talking about that today. So what do you hear when you speak? Or are you even listening when you speak? There's so much hype out there right now about being you, but most of us think that means wearing this, the kind of clothes you like to wear and getting a tat to assert your individuality. But who speaks when you talk? Who is that inside of you that's speaking? Is it really you or is there some other identity in there who speaks when you talk? Do you have a strong assertive voice in some situations and a weak frightened voice in others? Do you wonder if people even hear you when you talk? And when you talk, do people often seem to find difficulty understanding what you mean? Do you find that people either dismiss what you say or even avoid listening to you at all? Finding your own voice is essential to coming to your own authenticity, and that's why we want to talk about it today. So how do we begin to find our own voice? Well, the voice is a metaphor for many things. It can be considered to be just the muscle tendon nodes, voice box nodes, nerves, tissues, the physical attributes of our of our voice. It can be considered to be that. Some people consider the voice to be a work of art because they actually know how to use their voice to make certain sounds and um carry melodies and do all kinds of operatic things with their voice. And so there in their voice is a work of art. Sometimes the voice is considered to be a metaphor for the mind. Sometimes it's considered to be a, a metaphor for an identity. And sometimes it's a metaphor for power itself so we can see that that the voice uh, as we use its variant metaphors is a very powerful tool and not knowing our own voice is uh, one of the ways that we can say we don't know who we really are so when we talk who's listening first of all are we listening do we know what we're saying and where does it come from when we talk uh, one, long, long time ago, um, i I was involved in some testing and, and s- along with several other people. And one of the things that I discovered about myself was that I think in terms of language first and then images, and that's exactly backwards from the way a lot of people think. And and uh, as per everything else, I tend to fall in the minority of situations. So uh, what that means is I put things in a language before I put them in images, whereas a lot of people put them in images and then try to make a language out of the image. Well, that's just a different way of, of coming at the same kind of thing. But I find that because I do that, what happens is I tend to come from something deeper inside of me. Whereas if I were to just get an image and then try to describe it, which I do that sometimes too, um, I I might not be able to describe it as well if I just came from the image itself. So what does all that mean? What that means is um, if we speak, are we coming from a creative force inside of ourselves Or are we coming from some external idea about an image of who we are? Now, that is not at all what they meant when they tested me. They weren't talking about an image of who I am. But I'm translating it that way now for the purposes of what we're talking about today. The The image of who we are is that mask and costume we put on many, many years ago, so far, so long ago that we can't even remember having put it on. And that that image is what we live out of. It's like a role we play. We get up on the stage. We play out the drama of our lives. And the only time we consider the possibility there might be something different from that role we're playing is in our dreams at night. Because there, the mask and costume are gone and the role is indifferent. And what we come up with in our dreams is, is removed to some degree from that, although... It is a deeper self. Our dreams are an it, if you will, a deeper, uh, that, that can clue us into a deeper self, a more essential self of a more authentic self, as I, as I uh, say it. But it's a deeper core of who we are. So, um, when we wear that mask and costume, when we live from that image, when we live out the role of the drama of our lives, um, what happens so often is that we, we our voices take on the same sound and tenor and tone and volume, and um, the words come out in the same kind of either clipped or elongated fashion, and that's just two options that uh, that the role or the mask and costume dictates. So. You know, what has happened over the years, and I even almost want to say the centuries, as we have lived in this role, is that we have, it has developed muscle tone and nodes and power of its own, and it, it runs us. Um, and every now and then, the authentic self will come out, and it will inform us that something is amiss or that we're, that we need to take another direction or that things are really wrong here or something. Sometimes that can be a slow sort of drip effect and sometimes that can be a sudden event that just reminds us that we're not being true to who we actually are. Um, sometimes we get it from our own emotions that we have this sort of constant or inconstant grinding sense inside of us ourselves that we're not really happy that we're doing a a lot of stuff that isn't really true to who we are what' that got to do with voice well if our voice is living from that place where we live out the role then whatever that role is is going to come out in our voice um, another thing that can come out in our voice is is our emotions Um very, very often as I'm doing couples therapy, I find that uh, a couple will say, oh, I wish I had a recording of you when you were saying that. <laughs> One member of the couple will say that because what they're saying is you were talking loud or you were yelling or you said this to me and the other person's like, I didn't say that. You know, I didn't, I wasn't yelling. I didn't say that. And the other person says, well, I wish I'd had a recording because I could prove to you that you really did say that. And I'm betting right now, with the listeners out there, that at least uh, uh, 50% of you have been in an argument just like that with your your spouse, and why is that? It's because we don't hear our own voices. We don't, and and we have to acknowledge too that the other person can attribute their own stuff to our voice too. So if I've come from a home where screaming and hollering was a constant, and somebody raises their voice a little bit, I might be hypersensitive to that and think they're yelling when in fact they're not really yelling, so um, there's a there's a two way street there. But we can we can miss our own voice. We cannot notice our own tone of voice, and that speaks volumes. Uh, no pun intended. That we are not really tuned in to that essential uh, part of who we are. So the voice is a way of saying who we are. Our tone of voice, our um, the the. The, the emotion that it carries, I mean, you, you've had friends, you talk to them on the phone and you can hear in their voice that something's not right. And you say, what's the matter? And they go, oh, oh nothing's wrong. Oh, no, no, I hear it in your voice. Something's wrong. Well, what is that? It, it's, it's an emotion that's carried through to our voice. And the other person may not even know they're doing it. Um, in the same way, you can hear happiness in somebody's voice. I had a friend recently who, who got a new job and is very excited about the new job. And I had been pretty unhappy in a job for a while. And I called her up and I said we uh, we were just talking. And I said, "What what is that I hear in your voice? Is that happiness?" Uh, so we made a joke of that, but it was I was hearing a different sound in her voice than I'd heard in a while. So that we can definitely communicate emotion through our voices. And so that's why it's so very important to find our own original voice. Um, and so another thing that can be communicated through voice, not only emotions, not only our role, mask and costume, but also uh, our passive aggressiveness or our aggressiveness or our passivity or our um, assertiveness, and, or I would say rather than assertiveness, I would say authenticity. We, our voice can tell somebody just by voice alone, whether or not we're being real and, and people that are sensitive and listening, really listening and maybe perhaps using some intuition as well will, will pick up on it. They'll know when we're being passive aggressive or passive or aggressive or assertive or authentic. Um, so it's it, that finding our voice is a primary. A part of our communication with other people, but it's also a primary part of our communication with ourselves, because another thing that we can do with voice, which is very powerful and many people have made use of this, is the chanting that goes with the meditation. The sound of our voice can make a sacred space for us to be in. Uh, And some people say, attribute certain words that we can use in sound to a sacred kind of plea to the divine to ask for something specific or to heal or to uh, open us or awaken us. So, uh, you know, we can use the voice that way as well. And certainly we can use the voice in song. Uh, one of the most lovely ways to use the voice is through song, all kinds of songs, uh, whether they're um, heavy metal, uh, through growling and, and hissing and screaming and that kind of stuff that we can do, which I think is a form of communication, but also uh, through just... The melodic, uh, tones in a, in a much more, uh, melodious sound, a, m- a more, maybe say folk music, alternative rock or, or opera even, or, uh, some of the older songs, uh, from earlier generations. So we, we have been using voice for centuries for some really important ways of not just communicating, but expressing. Sometimes we express, and it's not meant to communicate to somebody else. It's just meant to express. And uh, sometimes we express to communicate. Uh, but either way, the voice has a very powerful rendition of us in that expression. So who is that us that's being communicated? Is it our passive aggressiveness? Well, that'll come off in a tone of voice as well as sometimes in our words. So sarcasm is a very... Potent and powerful way of being passive aggressive. It sort of says, "I'm going to get you, but you're not going to know you got got." Um, it's the way of saying, "I can hurt you, but then I don't have to own the fact that I have deliberately and atten- intentionally hurt, uh, attempted to hurt you." Um, that, that. So I'm sarcastic. I, I might say now, sarcasm can be fun as well, and, and certainly lots of people can be sarcastic fun, and I, I like that kind of humor as well. But but I'm talking about sarcasm that's meant to sting. Um, and that comes off not only in our words, but in our tone of voice as well. That combination, in fact, is one of the things that's pretty convincing that it is, is sarcasm, even when you might confront the sarcastic person and they might deny having been sarcastic. They might say, oh, I was just joking. You're too sensitive. Get over yourself. Um But actually, we heard it in their tone of voice as well as their words. So it's that combination that's fairly convincing.
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
1: Every moment that we live provides us with numerous opportunities to grow more deeply spiritually through our active engagement in positive, concrete ways that can uplift, encourage, and help ourselves and each other. Become a part of Our Sacred Journey with your host, Audrey Katagawa. Our program will include guests who will share their experiences with you to inspire you to help create a peaceful, cooperative present and future and to explore your creativity and the valuable contributions which you can make. Our Sacred Journey airs live Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on 7th Wave. The Voice America 7th Wave
0: Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change.
1: You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's one 472 5795 You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews.
2: And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, Ions is a nonprofit research, education, and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and engaging in a global learning community in the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. And today we're talking about finding your voice. And in the first section, we talked about. Uh, just before the break, we were talking about all the varying ways that we can find tone of voice and voice, um, and how those things are matter in terms of not only communication to other people but just the expression of who we are. So we've said that we can find, we can, um, we can use voice in terms of uh, the role or the mask or costume we play. Uh, we can hear emotions in our voice. We can hear our passive ag- or aggressiveness, or passive aggressiveness, or assertiveness, or authenticity in our voice. We can hear emotion in our voice, um, and uh, very often we don't know what we're what other people hear in our voice, and we have to acknowledge that some part of what they hear is theirs, um, because they've got their own stuff and their own projections onto our voice, but. Uh, we need to know what, what it is that our voice is saying and how we can find that voice. So how do we go about the, uh, finding a voice? What does that mean? Well, if we think about voice as a work of art for just a minute, then we can begin to say, okay, I can use my voice as an instrument. Um, and that's not where we want to land ultimately, but if we become conscious of what is going on with our voice, then that's the first step to finding it. So, what is going on? Sometimes we can get that feedback from other people. As I said, um, uh, when somebody's being passive aggressive, sarcastically, um, they can we can hear that sarcasm. We can hear the meaning of what they're trying to say in their tone of voice as well as in their words, and they may have masked the words. But we got it. We got it. Why did we get it? Not only are we intuitive, but we heard something. We, you know, we talk about observation with our eyes. We uh, we can observe how someone is acting, their their body language, their facial expressions, their uh, the way they turn their head when they're talking, the way they move their mouth when they're talking, um, the the way that they. Uh, Move forward or backward when they're talking. We can, we can observe those things visually, but our ears are also very sensitive. So if we're listening, we can hear, uh, tones of voice and, um, volume changes and, uh, shifts in the way the voice seems to be directed and, uh, um, shifts in its octave. Uh, so if somebody suddenly starts talking a lot higher, what does that mean? Uh, those, those are things that we can listen for in the voices of other people. And we can also listen for that in our own voice. People say, well, you, you hear yourself through the sort of gauze of your own head. You know, your, your own ears are hearing your voice through that gauze. And yet the, if you pay attention, to ourselves we actually can begin to remove that gauze so that we hear ourselves much more clearly we hear our tone we hear our volume we hear our um uh, the essential meaning we're trying to convey through voice uh, we hear our own um uh shifts in octave we hear our own shifts in the the whether it gets more airy or more breathy or whether it gets more Um, solid sounding so we can start paying attention to that and that is a big deal and we can do that every day just sort of as a practice just kind of getting into the uh, idea of I'm going to listen to how I sound today I'm just going to tune in and listen to how I sound today and that's to do it without judgment to do it without saying uh oh I was too loud there or I was too passive aggressive there or whatever Just, just notice just to Quietly sit back and observe with your own ears what's going on with your own voice. We can also begin to observe what's happening in our bodies as we, uh, as we pay attention to our voice. Um, so that, um, we can begin to say, now is my diaphragm active here? I remember taking voice lessons when I was a teenager. Uh, myself and my two older sisters, we were going to be a trio, like the, uh, uh, the Lenin centers back then <laughs> that of course never happened, but uh we one of the things that our our music teacher taught us was how to put our hands on our diaphragms and tell whether or not we were actually using our diaphragms as we sang, and that was a very important part of being able to to um make the voice go to the back of the auditorium so that you could send it out there with your diaphragm and the same is true when we when we're when we're talking the diaphragm is either engaged or not uh, and if it's not what does that mean Well, we can interpret that in all kinds of dr- ways just like we can interpret dreams in all kinds of ways but uh, you're you're the one that's going to know the answer to that but it could mean all kinds of things from anywhere from i'm feeling bad today i've got a stomach ache to uh, to being able to to, to notice that uh, we are feeling kind of afraid or fragile and we just really don't want to put our diaphragm into it. Or it could be the diaphragm's way into it and that means we're putting ourselves out there in some kind of aggressive way maybe. Or maybe it means that we've got to be heard and we haven't been heard enough or whatever. It means something. And you're the one that gets to determine what that meaning is. That doesn't mean you have to like psychoanalyze yourself all the time, but it does mean that you're paying attention. You're just paying attention. What's going on with my body as I talk? The other thing is, am I doing things while I talk that indicate um, my own ability to believe what I say? Because if I'm, if one of the questions we asked in the beginning of the show is. Do other people even seem to hear you when you talk? And I, I hear that complaint quite a bit from clients, believe it or not, that it seems that nobody's ever really hearing me. I my, I seem to be invisible. And there's, there's things that we do when we talk that communicate to other people, don't hear me. I don't really need to be heard. Or I may want to be heard, but I don't. You don't really need to hear me because if you hear me, then I'm more visible. And if I'm more visible, then I have something to be afraid of. Uh, we can tend to want to hide, uh, and we can put that in our voice. So I remember when I was a little girl, one of my favorite things to do was to go into this little covey in the woods across the street from where I lived. And, uh, it was a, it was some woods that were between the road in front of my house and a a big parkway where uh, it was back then it was called a parkway. It's a freeway now. Um, and I could sit there in that little covey and I could look out and see the cars going by, but they couldn't see me. And I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world because they couldn't see me, but I could see them. And that is the way it is to be sort of have a, an invisible role in our lives to, to play the role of the invisible man that I'm watching you, but you can't see me. I know what's going on with you, but you can't know what's going on with me because I'm never going to tell you. And we can do that with our voice as well, so that our voice uh, can either be confusing or confounding to someone else, or it can be so um, indistinct or that it's nobody pays attention. And that's some part of us, whether all of us or not. Wants it. Some part of us wants it. Um, and so we we play that role out. And then we wonder why people don't hear us. And we get aggravated that they don't hear us. Um, but there's something in our voice. So pay attention to that and say, okay, what is it that I'm putting in my voice? When I talk to other people, am I really there? Do I really want them to hear me? Or is there some part of me saying, no, don't hear me, don't hear me, don't hear me? Um, so what's going on with that? Uh, w- what about shyness? Does shyness show up in our voice? Yes, it does. Uh, it can sh- it can show up in the tone of voice, it can show up in the breathiness, it can show up in the volume, it can show up in the octave, it can show up in the actual note we hit, um, it can show up in the actual verbiage that goes with the tone. So w- in multiple ways, what is going on is we are demonstrating what's really going on inside of us with just voice alone. So if you couldn't see somebody, and they sat in a dark room, and nothing else was going on except the fact that someone was talking, if you listen, if you really listen, you can hear what they're saying. Um, they might be saying, "I'm afraid," I, I pretend not to be afraid, but I'm afraid. They might be saying, "I, I have longings," and I can't, I, I can put that in the strident tone in my voice, or they might be saying have longings, and I'm angry that it seems that none of my longings have come true. And I'm, that can be found in our voice. So uh, when we're listening, really hearing other people, we get volumes of information. Uh, and the same is true ourselves. If we're listening, really hearing ourselves, we get that same volume of, inf- volumes of information. So, you know, I think about sound in terms of uh, things like the ocean. Like the the rhythmic pattern of the ocean, one of the things I've noticed that is that when the ocean comes and there's there's waves that come in in threes, and then there's a quiet, and then there's three more waves, and then there's a little pause, and three more waves, and a little pause. Um, it's not always that way, of course. When a storm comes, it's much more violent than that. But on a usual day, that's kind of how it happens. There's it comes in threes, uh, and so paying attention to that kind of thing can also help us. Uh, to notice that, uh, there are, there are things going on in us that have rhythms as well. And we can begin to pay attention to the rhythms that are going on. And, uh, we're gonna take a break in just a few minutes, but I wanna sort of let you know that sound is not like color. It has an impact similar to color in that it can help us to get into the emotion of what that color presents sound can do the same exact thing that's why music can be so powerful so when we have our when we hear our own voices singing a song we might become emotional about what we're singing because we hear the volume itself we hear this the sound itself and we're we're tuned in to that uh, uh that essence going on there we can also hear it in the rhythm after the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about what rhythm is and what it isn't and what that means to have some rhythm in our voice, the, the actual voice. voices, and what that means about our own rhythm of life, how we can take life in in a rhythm or not. So we're going to take a break in just a uh, few more seconds, and uh, we'll be back with more about finding your own voice. <music>
0: This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
1: Do you ever ask yourself, Why am I here? What is my purpose in life? What do I do next? Life energies are based on the chakras, and this is the foundation of holistic healing. Find the balance in your life by tuning in to Healing Possibilities with your host, Tracy Makarenko. Through engaging guests and Tracy's spiritual guidance, each week we'll explore a different modality of healing designed to help you find peace and wholeness. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
0: Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
1: You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's one 866 472 Five seven nine five. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at Now back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews.
2: And we're back talking today about finding your own voice. And what we've talked about is the fact that we can put all kinds of things in our voice and don't realize that we're doing that. And to be able to find our own voice, we have to begin to be able to tune in and hear. What it is that we're actually saying with tones of voice, with octave, with rhythm, with all kinds of things that we've, we've just discovered. And, uh, if you're just now tuning in, you may want to go back and listen to the, uh, uh, when the archive comes on to what we said in the previous sections about, um, what the, what the voice can communicate for us in terms of emotions and roles and, uh, how we can learn to begin to tune into that want to follow up on what I said uh, just before the break about the rhythm. If you ever heard somebody just talk so fast, you can hardly even understand what they're saying. They're just talking so fast, and you just wonder how in the world they ever can breathe. We hear that all the time on car commercials, right? <laughs> and, it, it, you know, it's, it goes by so fast, and, and they say it on car commercials with a great deal of clarity how they do that. I'm not sure, but I'm sure that some people that do voiceover talent here at the radio could tell me, but the point is that that rhythm that's a real strident rhythm that communicates something and uh, the use of that really fast talk with the in the car sales um, commercials is informative because that says hurry up and get here and buy this car right now <laughs> that's exactly what they want us to do and so it, we hear it we hear it and we feel it we feel the tension the pressure of that um, and I, I know that maybe some car salesmen out there might not like what I just said, and that's fine too. But we're we're feeling that pressure uh, when somebody talks in a really pressured kind of way uh, that they're 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 talking really really fast. They're not tangential in the sense that they're changing the subject all the time. They're just talking really really fast, and it's as if they feel like that time is running out and they have to say it all really quickly. And uh, that that pressure is a informative pretend, potentially informative about a race with time. This person may be actually in a psychological race with time so that they're constantly on the rush, trying to get it all in, trying to be sure they're understood, they're heard, they're whatever in the short amount of time that they've got and we got to get this done quickly because if we don't, oh my gosh, I'll run out of time. Um, that that is a rhythm. And it's informative. And if that's your rhythm, it might be that you want to pull that back and deliberately try to slow yourself down and see what that feels like. See if that feels more peaceful. Because if it does, that's evidence that slowing down is much more authentic. What brings us to peace is evidence of authenticity. Um, Always peace is going to be a clue to, ah, this is a little bit more real. Um, so, so, how, what is the tone of your voice? Is it really high? Uh, I've worked with people whose voice sounds like they are small children. And as we work together, I become aware that their voice is sounding more and more adult. What is that? Oh, I could say, well, they, they sound like a small child because that's just their voice. And that's just biology. But if it changes when we're working together, I have to question that notion. And what I have seen many, many times is that a person comes in and they are stuck in place in their psychology at around four years old. They don't know it. I'm not sure I even know it. But that's where they're stuck. And over time, we both begin to understand that. And as they begin to understand it, their voice begins to take on a more adult tone and they literally change their voice down a few octaves so that they don't sound like a child anymore. They sound like an adult now. Uh, and that's a fair constant. They they begin to talk like an adult most of the time. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody's got a high-pitched voice is, is stuck in a childhood uh, drama somewhere. I don't mean that, so it's not applicable both ways. But uh, it, it can be true, and it might be worth paying attention to. Um and if we uh, have a tone of voice that says we're mothering or nurturing, that's kind of a caricature. Uh, it comes out in our voice. Sometimes you hear people, adults, talk to other adults as if the other adults were kindergarten children that they were trying to teach. Um, and it sounds that way to the other people. They hear, oh, this person is sort of talking down to me, although the person who's talking would deny it. I'm not talking down to you. This is just the way I talk. But there, it's being heard fairly constantly by most people as being talked down to not just by the words they're saying, but by the way they say those words by the by the tone of the voice, by the way the voice slides in and out of words, and that that voice says, "I'm being treated like a kindergarten kid uh." There's another one that used to be made fun of quite a bit and may still be in some circles, the therapist's tone, where you talk this way, and we're going to talk today about your emotions, and it sounds that way, and that became a caricature for the therapist voice, and <laughs> being a therapist, I, I, I do not resemble that remark, but it's... Uh, it, it, but it, and when I heard it at various times, I heard other therapists that seemed to have that tone, and it was kind of like, "Ugh, that's a little too too much for me. I don't want that." Uh, so it was off putting. Uh, the idea, though, is there that I'm communicating who I think I am to you, and, and therefore you should be what I need you to be as well. Now, consciously on that conscious level, I'm certain that. These people don't know that that's what they're communicating, but that's why the voice is so important. You know, one of the things I hear people say all the time is, "I don't know why I got attracted. I get attracted to the same kind of person over and over again. Why do I keep getting involved with addicts? Why do I keep getting involved with abusive people? Why do I keep getting involved with people that don't know how to use money- manage money or people that are just big old babies and can't." be responsible and things like that why do i keep repeating that pattern and there you know we've talked before in other shows about why we repeat that pattern we repeat that pattern because we're stuck in a place of unresolve about a particular issue that comes from childhood so if i marry an alcoholic maybe mom or dad or somebody significant in my life was an alcoholic and i thought they didn't love me and that they loved the alcohol more and i keep getting attracted to that issue in the form of some other person who i think that this time i'm going to get to love me and that may may fix me for not having been loved by that primary initial person Uh, of course it never works because i'm falling in love with someone who's just like that person who didn't have the capacity to love because they only have the capacity to drink or use substances Um, and love is not one of those things that correlates real well with substance use. People that are substance abusers tend to be pretty uh, self-absorbed because they're trying not to feel. Uh, so that whole dynamic is, you know, one where we're repeating that pattern trying to get healing and we can't get it because we keep get trying to do it with the wrong person. So our voice can also communicate some of that so we get involved with somebody who's an alcoholic what what are they hearing in us not just why do i get attracted to them why do they get attracted to us that is a very important question as well what are we saying to them what are we giving out what are we sending out to them that informs us that we will tolerate what they're doing Um, somehow we're giving them that message and so they get involved with us and we get involved with them and we're communicating in that way. What are they saying with their voice to us? Do they sound like dear old dad who was an alcoholic? Does the voice don't actually literally sound like him? Uh, I mean, just picking on dad, it could be mom too, but, uh, does, does that voice make some connection inside of us? Does the rhythm of the voice, does the volume of the voice, is, is the voice a part of it? It can be. It doesn't always have to be, but it certainly can be. And uh, what are we saying with our voice? Are we saying, I'm kind, I'm sweet, I'm tolerant, I'll put up with a lot of stuff, it, you know, I really need you? What is that voice really saying to that other person? What are they hearing? Not just what are they seeing in our body language, but what are they hearing? When we find our authentic voice, they won't hear that anymore. They won't hear that anymore because it won't be there. Um, Our authentic voice will say, I want the real deal. I want the real deal in a relationship, and I'm going to have the real deal. I won't settle for any less. So that that is what authenticity does for us. It not only uh, communicates, but it empowers us to communicate, to express who we actually are as opposed to the mask and costume that we've worn uh, based on, Having to get through and survive our childhood experiences. So, you know, us therapists, we tend to look at childhood, although I'm not somebody who says we have to go tromping back through the past and revisit everything and re-feel it and relive it because I think that sometimes we can get stuck back there. But I, but I am somebody who wants to say if you learned that back then and you're still doing it today, Perhaps the issue that you're carrying today is what we need to look at that that says how come daddy didn't love me how come daddy chose to use alcohol or drugs instead of really being there with me like a father is quote unquote supposed to do that that thing says i wasn't really loved and my voice can communicate that i'm still looking for that kind of love And, of course, I'm going to take it from whoever will give it, and whoever's going to give it is the person who says, oh, well, she'll tolerate this. It'll be all right. Maybe she'll take care of me. Because the truth is that for somebody, and I'm using the example of substance abuse, but there's definitely other examples. For somebody who's a substance abuser, and a recovering substance abuser will definitely confirm this, they are very often looking for somebody who will take care of them so that they can continue to use uh, and we often find that when one person leaves, one per, one enabler leaves, then the the alcoholic or drug addict will go find another enabler so that they can depend on them to take care of the practicalities of life while they use. Um, and that is a, a pattern that's fairly consistent. Um, so that pattern is going to um, be one that we can communicate with, with our voice and we can find out what we're doing and what we're saying, what we're communicating, what we're expressing of ourselves by tuning into our voice. It's also important that we tune into our breathing, what about in between words. Like when do you breathe when you're talking? Do you breathe at the end of a sentence? Do you stop between words every now and then and breathe? Do you only breathe when, um, when you fully Voluminously said whatever it is that you need to say. That that breathing is a part of the rhythm, and it slows us down or it speeds us up. So it's going to be important for us to pay attention to when am I breathing, when am I breathing when I talk, and that pay that attunement is going to be informative about where we are in terms of our authenticity. If I'm breathing in a pattern. That is regular and peaceful. Then I'm in my authenticity. If I'm ri- my breathing is jagged or or arrhythmic or it is um, rushed or or I'm almost uh, not or I'm almost not breathing until I get to weigh the end of a you know 20 year long sentence, then that speaks a lot. You might hear sometimes people will run out of breath at the end of a sentence. What is that saying? That's saying they had to say the sentence before they before they breathed, and that's important. So we're going to talk some more about this right after the break. We're going to take uh, a little break in just a minute here. We're going to talk a little bit more about how we can actually find our own voice and begin to be present with that as we talk and listen to others as well. Stay tuned for more.
0: Listen to The Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity
1: in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer.
0: invite meaning and inspiration to your life this is the voice america seventh wave channel
1: you're listening to authentic living with andrea matthews we want to hear from you if you have a question or comment about today's show call in now toll free 1-866-472-5795 That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews.
2: we're back talking today with our final for our final segment about what it is to find your own voice what that means and what we said at the beginning was that the voice is a metaphor for lots of other things including power including authenticity including assertiveness including your own identity including your mind uh, sometimes the voice is a work of art sometimes it's just its physicality the muscle the tendon the nodes the nerves the tissue um that's that's what we uh, the various ways we can hear uh, the metaphors for voice. We've also talked about the ways that voice expresses itself through volume, through octave, through note, through um, through its uh, p- pressure, the speed of uh, of our what we say, through the uh, actual tone in our voice, uh, through all kinds of things, just like that, that really express through just the voice itself. And we even said that if somebody was in a dark room and we could not see them at all, but all we could do was hear their voice, it would tell us a lot about what that's what that person is expressing, whether it's their authenticity or the role, the mask and costume uh, that they're wearing. And it might tell us something about their emotional state as well. As well, it might tell us about um, where they might sometimes be a little stuck on things. Um, So we talked about all that in terms of finding, being able to tune in and listen to our own voices. You might also practice listening to other people's voices and seeing if you can hear that in their voices. One of the things I did uh, years ago when I was a faculty member at a a university where I was providing supervision to students who were uh, in counseling internships, they would bring me tapes and I could hear in the voice of the client as well as the voice of the therapist lots of things that were going on because I knew how to tune into what I was hearing in the tone of voice. And when I did that, I began to be able to teach the student to do it as well, that they could begin to hear what I was hearing. Not only from the client, but from their own voice as well. So that's a powerful, powerful tool. You might start recording yourself and just recording how you speak on an everyday uh, conversation. You might record a conversation between you and a coworker just for the heck of it, randomly. Uh, you might record a conversation between you and your spouse or your partner or you and your children or you and your mother or your father. Just so you can hear what's going on there. It can tell you a whole lot about how you see yourself, about um, how you uh, what you can bring to yourself by expression. Um, and I'm not talking about any kind of magical thinking that has to do with the law of attraction. I'm talking about uh, what we genuinely attract to ourselves by our own performance in the world. Um, so I told you last time about a a test that several psychologists had run through prison systems where they went to the jails and showed muggers tape recordings of people walking and asked the muggers which of those people they would mug, and the people, the muggers chose people with an arrhythmic walk. I wonder what they would have chosen had they heard the voices. That test has not been done yet, to my knowledge. Uh, But the point is that we are communicating something about ourselves. What we discovered in that test was that the victims, uh, the people with an arrhythmic walk generally have a victim identity. And so without knowing it, these muggers were picking out people that were easy targets because of that they thought of themselves already as victims. And uh, that's not to say that's the standard and then only victims get mugged because obviously these muggers were not so great at it that they had not been caught. But... It is to say that we are sending out information about ourselves and we need to know that. It's not just going out, um, to, in, in any kind of just what we say and what we think. That's, that is the mask that we all as a society began to put on about three or four hundred years ago when we began to think that logic was how we would run our lives and that nothing else really mattered. Everything else needed to just be discounted or repressed and in that way what we said was how i say what i say how i perform how I, what i perform doesn't matter the only thing that matters is how i think and that is just completely untrue uh, what we're discovering now is that there's a whole lot more to us than just what we think there was uh descartes said it said i think therefore i am and i would say uh that there's so much more that goes on. We uh, we have emotions. We have identities. We have voice. We have eye contact. We have body language. We have all kinds of things that make a therefore I am. Um, And what I am is not even necessarily who I really am. So that's what this show has been all about for the past four years. We've been talking about who am I. And if that is coming out in our voices uh, then we need to know it. So who I'm not is a mask, role, and costume. But who I act like is very often the mask, role, and costume. Who I am is my authentic self. Is that coming out in my voice? That's the question of today. Is my authentic self coming out in my voice? If not, I can, I can start working toward that direction. I can become more who I am through working with, just with my voice. So it's it's really important that we begin to access that. Okay, another way to begin to access that is through meditation to try to hold one note. And some people do that with the Aum. Some people do that through chanting. But I'm suggesting hold one note and just try to hear it. Just hear it while you're meditating. That's it. You're not doing any judging. You're not trying to make it do anything. As a matter of fact, uh, when you find yourself wanting to make it do do something, that's informative as well. Because what you want it to do uh, might want to make it pretty it up for you or to make it sound more powerful or more... You know, I'm, you know, if I see myself as a person who's with a great deal of power, I might want my voice to carry that power for me, but if I find that it's not doing that, I might be insulted <laughs> by my own voice and say, how can you be not doing that when I'm trying to get you to be powerful? When actually, the power The role, the power is just about the role, the mask and the costume. It's not really who I am. I'm just trying to make sure nobody can ever hurt me because I'm putting out this, I'm this very powerful person. You can't hurt me, but it's not really real. Of course we can be hurt. All of us are are hurt at various junctions in our lives. And that is to our, it is to help us to grow if we choose to take it that way. Um, So our authenticity does come through in our voice and we, people can hear that. Not only do they see it in our body language and in our words, uh, but they hear it in the tone, the volume, the power, the the rhythm, uh, the, uh, the way it goes up and down. Um, all of that, the cadence, all of that is going to make a big difference in how people hear us. And they're going to hear whether or not we're authentic, and they're going to read that. If they're if they're tuned in, they're going to read it. And very often, authenticity can be read even when people aren't tuned in. Um, the role, the mask, and the costume can't always be figured out, but people people know when we're being real. They may not know it right away. They may take some time to figure it out, but they can figure it out because it's there. It's so present that it's hard to miss. Whereas the person who's playing another role is not really in the room. And their voice is not really in the room either. So finding our voice is a big deal. It's a big p- part of healing ourselves. So I would really encourage you to start taping your recording yourself or just tuning into the sound of your voice. And if you've missed some of the ways to do that, listen again to this show. Write them down and start putting it into a practice that you can use. So... That's just about it for today. We're going to be out in just a minute, and I want to tell you that next week we're going to be talking about authenticity and the law of attraction and whether or not those two things really do work together. From the old law of attraction, they might not necessarily work together, but from a new, truer version of the law of attraction, they work very well together indeed. So stay tuned for that, and remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. (music)
1: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader
2: in live Internet talk radio.